am sad to him to him i go no other one can cheer can cheer me so when i am sad he makes me glad he is my he my friend Jesus is all all the world to me I want no better friend I trust him now I trust him when life flees and days shall end. Beautiful life with such, with such a friend. Beautiful life that has, that has no end. Eternal life, eternal joy, 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 joy. He, he's my, he's my friend. We need to go back to um, those show enough hymns. Amen. That that song is a sermon in and unto itself. Jesus is all the world to me. Does anybody else this morning have that testimony? Yes, that Jesus alone is enough. You know, I, I've been thinking about it. And I've been thinking about it in my own life, so I, I, don't, I don't like when preachers and I don't like when church folk just in general start talking about what folk don't do no more and how we don't do this no more. We don't do, I mean, and it's true. It's true. The days have changed, and, and it's a different type of, it's a different type of way, you know, perhaps that we, we worship, but God hasn't changed. So what you and I can do is we can make sure that we still worship God in spirit and in truth. See, that's my assignment. That's your assignment. And so when we hear songs like that, that are, the song itself is a sermon. The song itself is a message, and it's an encourager, and it's a reminder. We thank God for that. And, you know, every once in a while we need to, Hear those kind of songs. Amen. You know, we haven't gotten so sophisticated and so modern that we have forgotten, you know, just good old hymns. Elder Rouse, thank you so much. Thank you so much. 
That is a blessing to me this morning. I don't know about anybody else, but that's a blessing to me. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Lord God, we thank you that you loved us so much that you look past all of our many faults. Lord, not just when you died on the cross. You do it every day right now. And you still bless us. You still love us. You still care for us. You still provide for us. You still protect us. Thank you, Lord, for being better to us as is often said that we could ever be to ourselves. Now, Lord, my, my heart's desire is that I will be a worthy servant. I will be a worthy son. I will be a worthy brother to Jesus in my daily walk. And my prayer is that my brothers and sisters in Christ who are here this morning will have the desire to do the same. Holy Spirit, help us. You've already given us the power, but, but, but help us to be reminded that living for Jesus is the most important thing we'll ever do. Because if we live for you, Lord, then you'll make sure that others are blessed by us and blessed through us. We give you all praise, honor, and glory that you rightly deserve in your name. Amen. We give honor to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Trinity of Jehovah God, to my brother and sisters in Christ. Monte, thank you again for what you said, the, uh, the poem you selected. That certainly blessed me, and I thank you for what you said. Uh, to the leadership of this church, deacons, trustees, auxiliary leaders, and, and to every member, regardless of whether you have any kind of position or not, we're all important. We're all kings and queens and sons and daughters of the Most High God when we give our lives to Jesus. Ain't no titles of deacon and trustees in heaven. We're just all brothers and sisters in Christ. Whatever auxiliary you serve in now, that's good. But when you get to heaven, you, you're just one of the many saints glorifying God every day. So we thank that God is no respecter of persons. Hallelujah to his name. For the... Uh, for end of last month and into this month, I, I, I preach, I've been preaching a series, and I'm coming to the end of it today. Today is the, the last and final um, message in this series. The series itself is simply called Moving Forward. The series itself is simply called Moving Forward. We should all be wanting to move forward in our spiritual walk. We should be able to look back over our lives if the Lord allows us to see January 1, 2020, we should be able to look back over our lives and see some positive change and positive growth in ourselves spiritually. may not be exactly where you think you, you want to be, but you should be able to look back and say, Lord, I thank you for how you brought me and what you taught me and the lessons I've learned and how I've grown in some area of my life spiritually during this past year. Amen. So, and, and every, every year we live, every day we live, we should want to see and experience some kind of spiritual growth, and that's what I mean by moving forward, moving forward spiritually. Um, so the first sermon that I preached, and all these sermons are from the book of Psalms. The first sermon was moving from sin to celebration. The second sermon was moving from bad fear to good fear. And this third and final message uh, in this sermon series moving forward is from Psalm 37. 37th Psalm. Some of you all probably know it by heart. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. 
I've said to the church family before, I, I'm not one of those folks that can, can quote large passages of chapter and verse, and, and, and I thank God for those who can. But I do believe every one of us ought to have a scripture or two that we can call upon to quote to ourselves, to share with ourselves, to encourage ourselves when we find ourselves in difficulty. It's all right to reach out and call Deacon Taylor, call Deacon Hawkins, call Deacon Squire, uh, call Deacon McClendon, it's a Deacon, Deacon, uh, Deacon uh, Osby or Deacon uh, Sykes, anybody. It's all right to call those folks, you know, call on Deacon Henry, that's fine. But you ought to be able to right where you are have something of the Lord within you that you can bring up and do like David and encourage yourself long before somebody else prays for you. Amen now. Because the Holy Spirit's within us. He's within us. We don't have to get somebody else to invoke the Holy Spirit for us. He lives within each of us that get saved now. That's what the Word says. You, you got to believe it for yourself. But um, this 37th Psalm, this 37th Psalm, I'm going to read the first nine verses. And this is a song, psalm that was written by David. I'm reading this from the um, New International Version, so if you've got a different one, it, it'll be a little different. But this is what it says, uh, Psalm 37, verse 1. Do not fret because of evil men, or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Verse number 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That's a great promise in and of itself. Look at verse number five. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. Or in other words, this is what he'll do. Now, verse six. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Verse seven. Be still before the Lord. And wait, how? Patiently for him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Why, David, why shouldn't we, why shouldn't we fret when men succeed in their ways and when they carry out their wicked schemes? He tells us in verse 8 and verse 9. He said, refrain from anger and turn from wrath. And that's a natural, that's a natural reaction to when you see folks doing what we know is wrong and treating people wrong and doing hateful and mean things. But he says, refrain from anger, turn from wrath, do not fret for the third time. It leads only to evil. Verse 9, for evil men will be cut off, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. Church family, just for a few minutes, let us reason together from this thought, and the thought is moving from cynical to certainty. Moving from cynical to certainty. I've, I've recently discovered a, a Christian blogger named Jamie Wright. It's, it's a woman. Uh, and we know back in the day when I was a little boy and growing up, you would get 
uh, people would write what we used to call opinions and editorials in the newspaper. And sometimes on some of the TV stations, there might be an anchor person who would give uh, an opinion or editorial. Uh, but nowadays, everybody can give their opinion because the internet uh, and social media platforms allow for everybody to voice his or her opinion about anything you can think of under the sun. Well, well, Jamie Wright calls herself a Christian blogger. She's a blogger. People write blogs these days, and Jamie Wright's a Christian blogger. She describes herself, now listen to this, Jamie Wright describes herself as a committed Christian cynic. She calls herself a committed Christian cynic. Just to be clear, a cynic is a person who believes, listen to this very carefully, church family, a cynic is a person who believes most people are fake and only care about themselves. That's what a cynic is. A cynic believes that most folks are just fake and they only care about themselves. In other words, a cynic is the type of person that if, um, for whatever reason, I had $1,000, I was able right this moment to call somebody from out one of them doors and two or three folks, and they had baskets, and in every one of those baskets, there was an envelope, and in every one of those envelopes, there was $1,000. And I said, church family, the Lord blessed me with some unexpected windfall, and I want to share it with the church. So every one of you gets one of those envelopes that has $1,000 in it. A cynic would say, wonder what he's trying to do. A cynic couldn't just accept the fact that I may be sincere and just wanted to bless the church family because God had blessed me, right? A cynic would say, okay, he's trying to get in good with one of them deacons or some of those deacons. Uh, he's, trying to, he's trying to get a certain group of folks in the church on his side so when he gets ready to introduce ABC, these folks are going to be with him. Why? Because he gave them $1,000. Oh, there's somebody in the church that, told, that, he, that uh, he really respects, and that person told him, well, here's what you do. Since you got this new, all this new money, give the church family $1,000, everybody, and, and everybody else will be quiet. That's how a cynic would think. Cynic believes that people are fake, most people are fake, and that, that they're selfish and only care about themselves. Jamie Wright says she is a follower of Jesus Christ, but at the same time, she publicly, in her blog, she publicly shares her frustrations and her criticisms of today's church. Jamie believes, in many cases, church folks do more harm than we do good. Now, that's what Jamie Wright says. You look her up for yourself, Jamie Wright. She's a Christian blogger. That's what she thinks. She thinks that in most cases, we as church folks, we do more harm than good. And you know what? She's not by herself, not by a long shot. She's part of a large and growing number of people, including Christians, who are cynical of some of the time-honored traditions of the Christian church. Good example. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Elder Ralph just came and sang that traditional hymn. Wonderful. On time. Bless most of us. Somebody's like, why, why did he let him sing that song? You know, I saw Tawana go over there and whisper in his ear. Then the next thing I know, the man sitting beside Tawana was up singing. Like, What's that about? That's, that's how a cynic would think. And there are folk in the church just like that. Amen. 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 And, and like I said, Jamie Wright's not by herself. This cynical group of people believe that we church folks too often present ourselves and Jesus Christ in ways that make unsaved people not want to accept Jesus. 
and say that again. This cynical group of people, including some church folks, they believe that we present ourselves and we present Jesus in ways that will make unsaved people not want to accept Jesus. Some cynical Christians are leaving the modern church, and some are even turning their backs on Jesus. But you know what? We shouldn't be surprised by that. Why? Because didn't the Bible say that a day of apostasy was coming when folk would start falling away? For, no, for not any particular, because folk can find anything to get mad about. I mean, it's human nature. I'm not making myself, I'm, not, I'm including myself. We can find anything as human beings generally to get mad about. So it's not surprising, but it's a sad thing to know that this is what's happening. But let me share some more, a little bit more about Jamie. In spite of her cynicism, Jamie Wright says she is committed to her faith in Jesus, and she is committed to staying with her local church. So in spite of her cynical attitude, she's still committed to Jesus, and she's committed to her local church. Now, y'all know, I've, I've told you, I don't know this woman personally anymore than what I've read about her. So, so, so I, do, I can't say that I know this for a fact, but, but I believe that in spite of her cynicism about church folks, Jamie has an unshakable certainty about her relationship with Jesus. She may be cynical about church folks, but I believe she has an unshakable certainty about her relationship with Jesus. Y'all know there's so much chaos and, and strife and and evil and trouble in this world. And it's easy to understand why people are cynical about life. Amen. A lot of people aren't sure who they can trust anymore when they need some help. In some situations, we might know some people who are supposed to be able to help us, or we might know some people we believe can help us, but if we don't trust them, we won't ask them for help. Amen. It, it does me no good to know that there's a surgeon 10 miles down the road in Ronald Crappers, and he or she can do the type of surgery I may need, but because I don't trust doctors in general, I won't go to her. And she might as well not even be there for me, because I don't trust her, right? And people, and some people are like that. In, every, in any area of life we can think of, education, medicine, law enforcement, the judicial system, our government, all levels, the financial system, sports and entertainment, the retail industry, and even, yes, even the church. There are so many documented cases of greed, corruption, and just improper behavior. All those institutions, there are documented cases of greed, corruption, and bad behavior. Most people are cynical about who we can trust. And I guess you would be every time you look up, you're hearing something on the news about some company that you use your card online to order something from or buy something from. You went into Target last week, now they done, they done been hacked. So all your information, you know, whatever's available to the hacker through your credit card or your debit card, they got all that. And that's ha it happens almost every day, it seems like. Two or three times a year, we hear about a major hacking. So not only are we mad with the hacker, we also get a little hot with the folks that we took and used our credit card with because we're wondering why they didn't have a better system to protect us in the first place. Folks don't know who they can trust these days. It's not at all surprising that there is so much cynicism in the world. 
Amen. But I declare to you this morning with certainty that you can always trust Jesus Christ. I can declare to you, church family, with certainty that you can always trust Jesus Christ. Let me move this along. David, the shepherd boy who became the king of Israel, he shares with us the certainty about placing trust in the Lord, who's also Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know if David wrote this 37th Psalm before or after he became the king. What I do know is David was able to write the 37th Psalm with certainty that trust in the Lord was the only way to have victory over the chaos, the strife, the evil, and the trouble in the, in, in, that he faced in his life. David was able to write the 37th Psalm with certainty. He had been through some stuff. And so now when he sits down to write this 37th Psalm, he ain't writing what somebody told him. He's not writing about what he thinks the Lord may do. David is writing with certainty. David is writing about what I done been through and what the Lord has brought me through and how the Lord has blessed me and kept me. Listen, in spite of myself. Come on, real Christians in the house. Who can raise their hands besides me and say, the Lord has blessed me and kept me in spite of myself. In spite of myself. God has been good. That's where David was. Amen. And David wants us to know that all of us should trust Jesus today, just as he trusted him back in the day. Let's, let's look at this real fast and we'll be through. Verses 1 through 9, these are the verses we're going to talk about. In verses 1 through 9, David shares eight things we can do if we want to move from being cynical to living with certainty that Jesus Christ will take care of us. David lists eight things, I found, eight things in these nine verses that David says we can do if we want to move from being cynical to living with certainty that Jesus will take care of us no matter how evil and crazy this world continues to be. Let's go to verses 1 and 2. Verses 1 and 2. David shares the very first thing in verse number 1. And here's number 1. Just, just write, just, when I say the number, just write the word after. Number 1, David says, don't fret. Number 1, David says, don't fret. That word fret means to be worried about in despair or to be afraid of. But David says, don't do that. Don't fret. Don't be worried about. Don't be in despair or don't be afraid of. And David says, don't fret about. And here's, he says, don't do that. That's number one. And then number two, he says, and don't be envious of evil people. So number one is don't fret. Number two, don't be envious. All right, those are the first two things. Number one, don't fret. Number two, don't be envious. He said what? Don't be envious of evil people. What does that mean? It means don't want to be like them. Don't want to be like them. Yeah, some, yeah, I know we see crazy, evil, wicked people doing stuff, and, 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 and sometimes they're successful, and it just looks like no, the law or nobody else can put them in check. But there is still a God who sits high. He looks low. And he is the ruler of this world. Whatever happens, God's got a plan for it. He's allowing it for a reason, but he's a holy and a righteous God. And he will bring evildoers into check. He's going to do it now. It's just a matter of time. David said, don't fret about that. And don't be envious. Don't want to be like them folk. 
David says people who intentionally engage in doing wrong, crime, bad behavior, hateful and hurting others, he said uh, they're going to soon die and be gone. David said don't fret and don't be envious of them. They're going to soon die and be gone. Let's go to verse 3. In verse 3, David says, uh, the right thing for us to do is to trust the Lord and to do good. To do good means to obey, right? So trust the Lord and do good. That means obey. So number three, here's the number three on this list is the two words go together. Trust and obey the Lord. That's number three. It's not three and four. It's all number three. Number three is trust and obey the Lord. That's number three. That's number three. Trust and obey the Lord. David declares with certainty that if we will trust and obey the Lord, the Lord will reward us. And he's talking about rewarding us right now. He's not talking about when I close my eyes and I'm laying here in front of Roanoke Salem and some of y'all coming by and y'all saying, well, man, I just want to make sure he was dead. <laughs> Crocodile tears. No. He's saying we're going to get blessed right now. If we trust and obey the Lord, David says there are rewards for us on this side of eternity. How does the Lord reward us? He tells us. David says we will enjoy safe pastures. The Amplified says about that, that means that we will feed on God's faithfulness to meet our needs. Don't you know every day, even though I may not have as much money as my next door neighbor or somebody in the community that has a bunch of money, don't you know the fact that I got a good roof over my head? It may not be a brand new, uh, I may not have brand new shingles, but the ones I got ain't leaking when it rains. To God be the glory. I may not be driving a Cadillac. I may not be driving a Lexus. But if I can go out there and, uh, uh, and, and, and put that crank in front of the car and turn it over and it starts up and get me downtown like the Flintstones, I'm still good to go. Come on now. Come on now. I may not be able to have filet mignon, or I may not be able to have uh, the T-bone, but God knows cube steak with some rice and gravy tastes mighty good to me. That's just me. The way my wife can cook it, cube steak with some rice and gravy is good to me. Lord knows it is. In other words, God's going to meet our needs. That's one of our rewards right now for trusting and obeying him. Let's go to verse 4. David says we should, and this is number 4, delight in the Lord. Number 4 is delight in the Lord. To delight in Jesus means to have a daily, loving joyful relationship with him. To delight in the Lord Jesus means that you have, we have, a daily, loving, joyful relationship with him. I don't feel good every day. I know you don't. I don't either. But start talking to the Lord and start thinking about his goodness in your life. And I promise you in just a, you can be laying in your hospital bed if you got enough consciousness about you to just start praising the Lord and thanking him for his goodness. I, I promise you, your, your attitude will turn around. You may still be just as sick as you were before you started, but your attitude will change, and you'll feel better anyway. Yeah. Amen now. I'm telling you what I know firsthand. Amen. If we delight in the Lord, he will give us the desires of our hearts. Now, that's what it says in the King James. 
The Amplified Bible says if we, if we delight in the Lord, not only will he give us the desires, the Amplified said, he'll give us the secret petitions of our hearts. In other words, not only those things that I pray for that I share with somebody, he'll give me those things that don't, I don't tell nobody I want but just me and him. The secret petitions. See, because you know you can't tell everybody your dreams. Everybody ain't going to be happy for you. But God says if you tell him and if you delight in him, you've got a loving, daily, uh, joyful relationship with him. He says he'll not only give you the things you ask for out loud, he'll give you those things you ain't said out loud. But when folks see you get with them, well, when, how did you get there? Because I asked the Lord for it. Well, you didn't tell me you asked the Lord for it. That's right, because I didn't want you to know. I didn't want you to know till you saw it. Now, here it is. Amen now. Come on, come on, let's, let's, let's keep moving, let's keep moving. Okay, let's look at verse number five. David says, and this is number five. David says in verse five, number five is, commit your ways to the Lord. When it says, com- so number five is commit to the Lord. When you commit your ways to the Lord, that means you're committing your life to Jesus Christ. In other words, we need to make up our minds that we want Jesus to be pleased with our lives and pleased with how we live. I heard Bishop Noel Jones say, and, and, and it, it really does make a lot of sense, he said, we as Christians, we got to stop playing let's make a deal God. That's what, that's what Noel Jones said, and he's right. We got to say, and we don't say that consciously, but sometimes the way we live, that's how it is. Let's make a deal God. God, if I do this, I, I, I want you to do this now. No, no, Bishop Jones said, and the word says, you do right just because you're supposed to do right. Period. In the conversation, you do right just because you're supposed to do right, not because you're looking for God to do something. If he chooses to, that's fine. But my motivation to honoring the Lord Jesus with my life is not because I expect Jesus to do so much because I did that. That's like quid pro quo. Y'all heard that term in the news recently, right? If I do this for you, you do this for me. No, that's not our relationship with the Lord Jesus. Our relationship shows me, Lord, I'm going to do right just because you are good to me. And I can never be good enough to repay you for all your goodness. If I spend the next, if the Lord let me have 50 more years, I'll never repay you, Lord, for your goodness. So my plan is to do right, live right, so you'll be pleased. Because I know if I do that, you're going to meet all my needs. You're going to do that anyway. I don't have to make a deal with you. I just have to be obedient. Amen now. God, listen, can I say this? God wants to bless us more than we want him to. He really does. God wants to bless us more than we actually expect him to want to bless us. Anyway, let me keep going. Let me keep going. Verse 5 says, okay, so number 5 was commit your life to the Lord. Commit to the Lord. Verse 6, there's a reward for committing our lives to Jesus. Jesus will make people see our righteousness and our integrity. Now, that's the reward we get for committing to him. He'll make people see. Now, that's not number six. That's in verse six. He'll make people uh, see our righteousness and our integrity. What does that mean? That means that I don't have to announce who I am when I show up, and I don't have to explain my motives for what I do, because I'll be right with Jesus, and Jesus will make people see that I'm a woman or I'm a man of God. Jesus will make people see the integrity that I walk with. I don't have to come around. I don't have to walk in. There are people that will tell you, 
And I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing now that I think about it. But there are people that tell you, I didn't know necessarily that Edwin Horsley was a, a, a minister, more, more or less a, a pastor. And, they, and if you ask them a little bit more, they say, no, not because he was acting crazy or, or, or living in any kind of a, a jacked up way, but it's just because when I met him and over the time I've known him, he's not always telling me, he's not always trying to preach to me in our conversations. But they will say to you, but I knew there was something different. And I've known people said that to you about you. I knew there was something different about you. Different than what? Different than the world. Amen. Because when you commit yourself to the Lord, amen, which is, number, which is again, that's number five, commit to the Lord. God will, the reward for that is, in verse number six, God will let people see your, your righteousness and your integrity. You will have a pure glow about you that you don't see, but others see. You can walk in a room and, and crazy stuff going on to stop just because you walked in the room. You ain't said nothing to nobody. But just be something about you that people just, you know, they, I don't know, I don't know. Let, me put this, let me put this, put this over here on the side. Till, till. I go to people, I t- I've told the church family this for, for years now. I can go to see ver- certain people, you know, show up at certain people's homes or see them in the community. You know, sometimes they'll have a cigarette, mm-hmm. both kinds of cigarettes. Sometimes they'll... Hey, hey, you know, it is what it is. Sometimes they have a bottle, and that stuff in there ain't Kool-Aid. When I walk up on them or I come in, I don't judge them. But I see people doing this, and, oh, Reverend, I'm sorry. And, And I tell them, I say, I appreciate that you have that kind of respect for the position, you know, of being a minister. But I also tell them, but you grown. You do you. I'm not going to judge you. Now, if they, if they start asking me about what should I, I'll give them my opinion. I tell them what I know based on the word. But I don't walk up to folks and start judging them about what they choose to do. Because God gave them free will just like he gave me free will. But the point I'm making is when you're walking with the Lord, his favor will be on you in such a way that people will have a respect for you, even folks that you don't know. That's why, don't y'all know the times you've been placing folk just go out their way to do stuff for you and you ain't asked them for nothing? They're complete strangers. And you be thinking, I just, I tell you why. You got the favor of the Lord on your life. That's why. That's why. Amen. Let's, let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. So I've given you number five, commit to the Lord. Okay, let's go down now to verse number seven. David tells us to be still, and this is number six. He says, in verse seven, David says, be still, and here's number six, and wait patiently for the Lord. That's number six, wait patiently. Number six is wait patiently. Again, David tells us, don't fret. Don't be anxious. Don't be afraid. Even when evil evil people are successful in whatever they are trying to do, the Lord will deal with them in his own time and in his own way. Evil and wicked people are not getting away with anything. I know it's hard to believe sometimes I say to myself, Lord, when, when, when? You know, I want to go do something myself. And he said, do you think you are in a position to go do something to somebody? I said, well, no, Lord, not really, but it just feels good. He said, well, I understand that. He said, I understand that. He said, but no, son, you can't go. No, that ain't for you to do. Let, let me handle it. So, so number six is wait patiently. 
for the Lord. Don't be anxious or afraid when evil people are doing stuff, wicked people are doing stuff, and it seems like they're doing it, they're getting away with it. They're not getting away with anything. God's going to deal with them in his own time, in his own way. Verse number eight, David gives us a stern warning. Pay attention to this church family, starting with Edwin. Pay attention, Edwin. David gives us a stern warning. This is number eight. This is in verse eight, but it's number seven. He says, we are to refrain from anger and wrath. That's number seven. Amen. Refrain from anger and wrath. David tells us that if we don't control our emotions, especially our anger and our wrath, wrath is uncontrolled rage, we will end up doing something evil, something bad, something wrong, and then the Lord will have to punish us. Everybody in here, if you will be honest with yourself, you know that sometimes you've allowed your angry emotions to make you go way beyond what you intended when you start opening your mouth. Because you get to running off at the mouth, and I get to running off at the mouth, and before I know it, I done said four, five, six words that should have stopped back after word number two. And here's the thing. Once you put it out there, you can't take them back. Now, let me say this. You can apologize, and you might be very sincere in your apology, but you cannot literally take them back. And see, and you don't know whether or not the person that you said these things to is mature enough to be able to say, you know what, I realize that in that moment, you know, she was upset, he was upset. They really didn't mean it. Not in today's world. Folks are super sensitive about everything. So once you say it now, you might be on somebody's list the rest of their natural life. You go up to them, apologize a thousand, you apologize to them every day after that, and, and they will be cynical. They will be cynical. They won't believe you're sincere. So God says in order to avoid that kind of thing happening, control your anger. Control your wrath. In other words, when you get mad, and you may have every right to be mad. That's not, God's not a pacifist. Jesus got mad. He got mad in the temple, took a whip. I will say what I want to say, but I ain't going to say that. He beat him out the temple, right? He was mad, but even that was controlled anger and wrath. How do I know that? Because instead of beating him out, Jesus could have just said the word, and they could all drop dead right then. Jesus could have said, have leprosy the rest of your life. Jesus could have said, be blind the rest of your life. Jesus could have said, be crippled the rest of your life. That would have been an overreaction for the situation. So even though he was angry, he still even controlled his wrath. And that's what he says we've got to do. Church family, is to be angry is human. That's normal. That's natural. God understands. What he's telling you, though, is not to let your anger cause you to sin. And then he'll have to deal with us. So that's number seven. Refrain from anger and wrath. Amen. We don't want the Lord to punish us because we, we're wrong and trying to avenge or, or, to, or we get mad because something, some kind of conflict we have with somebody and we come out of our Christian character expressing our anger. After David warns us not to act out in anger and wrath, he goes on to tell us that the reward, now here's the reward, the reward for keeping our cool and letting the Lord have his way is in verse number 9. David reminds us again in verse 9 that the Lord will severely punish evil and wicked people. But if we hope in the Lord, 
We will be blessed and highly favored. Number eight, the final one, is hope in Jesus. Hope in Jesus. Or you can say put your hope in Jesus. That's number eight. Hope in Jesus. If you read the Amplified version of verse number nine, it says those who wait and hope and look for the Lord shall inherit the earth in the end. It's good to know that when Jesus returns to establish his kingdom on this earth, only the righteous will be here to enjoy all the beauty and the splendor of that kingdom. But listen, church family, we don't even have to wait until the end to experience the blessings and the favor of God. If we are willing to stop living in sin and to ask Jesus to be our Lord and Savior, we can live our best life right now. Can you prove it hoarsely? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am, I can. I know that's right because in the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah wrote in chapter 40, verse 31, that when God's people wait upon the Lord, God himself will renew their strength. Amen. Listen to this. In Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, God told Isaiah to, to, to make this promise to the people. He says that everybody who trusts and obeys him, Isaiah 40 and 10, God says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. What are you going to do for me, Lord? I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. We ain't got to wait till the end to experience the favor and the blessing of God. It's available to us right now if we will be willing to keep our hope in him. Amen now. Amen. I'm closing now. And as I close, keep this in mind. This world is a mess and it's not going to get any better. The Bible has rightly predicted that in these last and evil days, most people will love themselves more than they love God. Most people are selfish and they just want to do whatever sinful things they feel like doing. I'm not making this up. It's not my opinion. I think anybody who's a believer or follower of Jesus Christ can say that I'm not exaggerating. We live in a time right now where the prevailing thought of most of the world, the unsaved world, is I, I can just do whatever I feel like doing. And you better not say nothing about it. Not only, be, not only you better not say nothing to me about it, I better not hear about you saying something about me being me and me doing my thing and me living my life out loud. You, I better not even hear about the fact that you said something about it. That's the world we live in. Y'all know it's true. That's where we are. Amen. But in spite of that, in spite of that, every Christian can choose how we live. We can be cynical about the life we live, or we can be certain. I choose to live with certainty that right now, Jesus is my provider and my protector. I choose to live with certainty that right now, as long as Jesus loves me, he will give me his peace. He will give me his joy that no man, no woman, no demon, not even the devil himself can take away. I choose to live with that certainty. I choose to live with the certainty that submitting my will to Jesus guarantees that I have victory over death, hell, and the grave. 
I choose to live with that certainty. What about you? What about you? What do you choose to live with? This, this may be a, 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 a starting point for some people. You can choose. Hey, listen, let me tell you, I don't care what's going on in your life right now. I don't care how bad it is. You can make a choice today to put your hope back in Jesus, and you can wake up every day and say with certainty, God, I trust you. No matter what's going on, you can say with certainty and with confidence, God, I trust you. They talking crazy on the news. They acting foolish at my job. These kids getting on my nerves in this house. Folk in the church not treating me right. Whatever it may be. God, I trust you. And you can say, you can say that with certainty because God says if we trust him and obey him, he will take care of us. He will meet all our needs. And as a matter of fact, we walk close enough to him, he'll do exceeding abundantly more than we can ask or think. Now, you can believe that if you want to. It's up to you. I choose to believe it. I choose to live with certainty of knowing that folks in this world not going to hold me back because they ain't got nothing on me. Take away my job, Jesus let money drop out of heaven. I don't know. He'll do something. He'll do something. Close the grocery stores. Jesus will teach me how to go in my backyard and put some peas in the ground. And he'll speed up the growth so instead of six months, I'll have some in six weeks. He'll do it. I know with certainty he rolls like that. That's the God we serve, y'all. But it's up to us to choose to believe it or not, right? Come on, give God some praise.